How we feeling tonight, Exchange? Come on, how we feeling? We've been off for two weeks. Got a little energy. Man, let's go. I am so glad to be here. I've missed you guys. My name is Mark. I lead the young adult ministry here at Grace Family Church. If it's your first time, we want to say welcome. Come on, can we put our hands together? Anybody here for the first time? Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so glad you are here. We're kicking off a new series. Uh, it's a series that we're calling Love Our City. And as we talk about this series over the next couple of weeks, it's kind of really all about the idea, if we're going to love our city, we're going to serve our city. We want to be a people that serve our city and have impact here on earth and bring heaven down. That's why we exist. And we want to lead the way in that as a young adult ministry here at Grace Family Church. But when I think about loving our city, it takes me to this passage of scripture. If you were here for um, our Inside Out series, you heard this scripture several times. It's the greatest commandment that Jesus gave us, and it's found in Matthew 22. And when I say the greatest commandment, this is the moment where Jesus would explain to all of his followers, not just the people, the crowd that he was speaking to in this moment. He's speaking to all of his followers, and he's telling them, I want you to understand this. I want you to get this in your heart. And it's in Matthew 22, verse 37, he says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and with all of your mind. And the second part is this, and this is what we're going to be focusing on today and for the coming weeks. The second part is love your neighbor as you love yourself. Say, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And we're going to be focusing on that for the next couple weeks. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And I love this because later on in the Bible, you would get to a moment where someone would come up to Jesus and say, but who is my neighbor? Who's my neighbor, Jesus? And Jesus would pretty much tell a whole story that we're going to speak about next week, but he simply said this, your neighbor is anyone that lives among you, those that you meet, those that live in your community, those you have an opportunity to do life with, those who live in your neighborhoods, those are your neighbors. And not only do I want you to acknowledge that they're your neighbors, I want you to love them as you love yourself. Any Office fans in here? The Office? Yes. Wow. Glory to God. Like, like my wife, she got me hooked on this show several years ago. But I'm like convinced, Michelle's a diehard, like probably world's biggest fan of the show, The Office. Like I'm convinced, like we all have a question when we get to heaven, we're going to ask God something. We want to know something. I'm convinced when Michelle gets to the pearly white gate, she's going to ask him, can we watch The Office in heaven? He says no. I'm afraid I might never see Michelle again. Like <laughs> She's going to be like, no, nah, I don't want anything to do with it. I'm good. Thank you. With this show, The Office, anyone remember Scott's Tots, that episode? If you don't know what I'm talking about, season six, episode 12, how does he know that? Yeah, okay. Scott's Tots, maybe this is a reference, maybe you're a memer, maybe you've seen Stanley with the whole newspaper type of deal. And in this episode, Michael Scott, he's the main character of The Office. And Michael Scott, he's the store manager of this place called Dunder Mifflin. And Michael gets to this moment where he realizes he made a promise 10 years ago to a group of third graders, some inner city kids. He made a promise that he would pay for their college education as long as they graduate high school. So 10 years later, Michael gets to this moment where he realizes he can't commit to it. He can't fulfill the commitment. He can't pay for all of these kids and their education at the next level for college. I share that story because I think that's kind of like a picture of so many of us, and not just saying like you guys, but myself included, because I really do believe when it comes to our faith journey, we like to commit to something, but we fail to follow through 
we fail to follow through when it matters most. And in this certain area, I'm talking about when it comes to serving other people. I think we'll all say, man, I love my neighbor. I love God's people. I love people. I'm all for people. But when it comes time to serve and be there and meet the need of other people, we fail to show up. And I want to bring that over to our message because I think that it's important we understand this. There's needs all around our community, all around our city, all throughout our neighborhoods. We see needs. We see homelessness in Tampa at an all-time high. Sex trafficking, young girls, young boys being sex trafficked, human trafficking here in our neighborhood. Think about elderly people who are in need of assistance. I think there's so much hopelessness and most importantly, people that need Jesus. People that need Jesus. I think what I want you guys to get today, there are all needs, there's needs all around us, but God has called us to be a part of the solution. If I want you to leave with anything, that's what I want you to leave with. There are needs all around us and God has called us to be a part of the solution. I think there's some things that get in the way of that though and that's what we're really gonna focus on tonight because I want us to understand. Because we love God, we should love others. And because we love others, we should be willing to serve others. And this really message, this message is a call to roll up your sleeves and be committed to serving God and serving other people. I'm gonna talk around that idea, roll up your sleeves for the next couple of moments. I want, the, I want the young adult ministry of Grace Family to understand that this is who we are. Serving is the pathway to greatness. And we're gonna meet the need of our city. Turn to the person next to you and say, roll up your sleeves. Say it like you mean it. Roll up your sleeves. I remember when I was, uh, a youth pastor in Miami. I lived in Miami for several years and Michelle and I, we were finishing up. Michelle's my wife, if you didn't know. She's amazing, love her so much. She's great, yep, there she is. We were finishing up premarital counseling. We get in the car, we're driving down the street, we're headed to church. I had to speak that night to our youth group. And as we're driving to church, we pull up at a red light, a stoplight. As we pull up at the stoplight, turning left, a couple lanes over, I'd seen a homeless man sitting there on the curb He was disheveled, he looked famished, he looked like he was in this condition for a little while. He had a little dog with him, and Michelle just looks at me, she goes, babe, should we just give him the granola bar? I just quickly respond to Michelle, no explanation, I just said no, sharply, no. Light turns green, start driving, we're making our way closer to the church. I remember this overwhelming feeling of conviction just came over me. I started thinking like, why would I do that? Like, God just put an opportunity to reflect his love to somebody. Why, why, did I, why did I just pass that opportunity up to show the love of Jesus to someone? I'm not just saying like this is a mark problem. I think so many of us in this room can identify with the moment where God presented an opportunity for us to reflect the love of Jesus to someone. Instead of seeing them as an opportunity, we see them as an obstacle or an inconvenience. And we just pass them up. And maybe we're just dismissive about it. And maybe we just say, well, that's not my problem. It has nothing to do with me. Friends, this is what I want us to understand today. Those people, the hopelessness in our world, the brokenness in our city, that is our problem. Jesus has called us to be a part of the solution. And we can't be the church and just run away and be like, yeah, I love Jesus, I love other people, but I'm not willing to go the extra mile and serve people. If we're gonna be the church, If we're going to be followers of Jesus, we've got to be willing to take the steps that Jesus took. 
and roll up our sleeves and be committed to serving and meeting the needs of other people. I think one of the things that really stop us from taking the step in serving others, though, is we're a self-centered generation. Like, we're so self-absorbed, we're all about what's best for me, 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 me. And instead of focusing on others, when we're looking at ourselves, it's almost like looking in a mirror. You forget everything that's around you. When we're followers of Jesus, Jesus doesn't want us. He doesn't call us to just look in the mirror and focus on ourselves. He says, meet the needs of other people. It's not about us. It's about meeting the needs of others. And I think that when we see a need, we've got to meet the need. When we see a need, we've got to meet the needs. I want us to understand this because this is, this is just me just being real today. A story that I just shared with you. Like, God has not allowed that story to leave me. Like, that's probably your second or third time hearing that. I know that great opportunities to serve seldom come, but I need us to understand there are small needs around us each and every day that we can meet in a tangible way. Great opportunities seldom come, but there are small needs around us daily. And I share this because when we commit, each and every one of us that are sitting in this room, to just meeting the small need I believe we could flip this city upside down with the message of Jesus Christ. I believe if each and every one of us that sit in this room have an understanding, those small little needs, they add up to be something big. And a big impact will be falling on the city of Tampa Bay, and we will flip this city upside down for the message of Jesus. But we've got to understand, it it starts with us making the decision to say, I'm going to serve others. I'm going to serve others. And the Bible always tells us it's better to give than to receive. We heard, we heard it in Sunday school. We, heard it all, we hear it all the time. It's better to give than to receive. I love this story in Acts chapter 9. It's a very short verse. It's a woman that leaves a legacy. She has an impact on so many people. It's in verse 36. It actually says this. It says, there was a believer in Joppa named Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. She was always doing kind things for others and helping the poor. When I think about this verse, a couple of things come to mind. I want to assume she's probably single because her name's Dorcas. <laughs> but the Bible tells us her name, Dorcas, translated, actually means gazelle. Many people thought she was a beautiful woman. She wasn't remembered by her beauty. She wasn't remembered or classified as a single woman. She was remembered for being a faithful servant of God. Just in that one verse, the Bible actually goes on to say in the coming scriptures after that, it says that she became ill and she died. She became ill and she died. I love this though because the followers of Jesus who knew this woman, they knew that there was one man that could heal her, that could bring her back to life, and his name was Peter. So they call out to Peter They have Peter come over. Peter goes into the room that this lady's in. Her body's laying there. She's dead. And Peter starts to speak life over this woman. She's filled with life. She comes back up. I share that because I I think that's a perfect story of how God rewards his faithful servants. He will give them life and life more abundantly. He'll give them life and life more abundantly. But get what the verse says. It says she was always doing kind things for others and helping the poor. I wonder when you're long gone and your life comes to a pass, what's the story that your life will tell? 
What will be the thing that people remember you for? What will be the story that your life tells? This woman was remembered for her faithfulness to serving and meeting the needs of others. What will your life tell? You see, true greatness is found in your love for God and your service to others. The other thing I think we easily do is we forget serving isn't something God suggests. It's something he commands us to do. I often think we, we, we just sum it up as uh, maybe I should serve. No, he commands you to serve other people. Another youth pastor story, I remember uh, in our youth group, we had this woman, actually, she just didn't serve in youth ministry. She, she served in every single ministry in our church. Like, she showed up to every single thing. First one in the building, last one to leave. Like, she was committed. She had your boy feeling like, I might lose my job to a volunteer. It was that type of thing. Showed up to everything. She was there. She was faithful, serving, meeting the needs of the church. Like, I'm like, okay, cool. Thank you for all that you do. You're working me out of my job. I remember she had a, a, a son. He was... Uh, he was a part of our high school ministry, and he would come with his mom to church every single time she showed up to serve. He would be there with her. But the thing about this young man, he, uh, he wasn't actually engaged with what we were doing as a ministry. I mean, we would be in service. I'm preaching my heart out. He's sitting front row, has his Dre Beats on, glued to his Nintendo Switch. I remember this. We were worshiping. I'm walking down the aisle. I see homeboy, Dre beats on, the solo beats, has his Nintendo Switch in his left hand, right hand held high, eyes fully engaged on the Nintendo Switch. Some of you are like, what's wrong with that? Like, what's the problem? But the thing, the thing about it is, is I walk into the lobby, same thing, sitting there on his Nintendo Switch, glued in, like not talking to anybody, super disengaged. So I remember I go up to him, I'm like, hey buddy, Alexis. He looks at me, one second, Pastor Mark. Oh, oh okay, all right. I got it, bro, I got it. No pressure, ain't no pressure, bro, all right? Like, two minutes, Alexis, like, we gonna talk, like, hey, bro, I'm here waiting for you. Pastor Mark, I am busy, can't you see? All right, all right, cool, keep getting sharp with me, boy, all right. <laughs> Finally, Alexis finishes his game. I go, Alexis, bro, hey, you show up every single day, man. I'm so glad that you are here. You are amazing. I love that you come to youth group. I love that your mom serves, but have you thought about serving? He's like, Pastor Mark, you don't understand. I don't have time to serve. I'm going to be the GOAT. Like, explain. <laughs> Let's talk. I'm, Pastor Mark, I'm going to be the GOAT at Smash Bros. <laughs> like, cool, very ambitious. This boy goes, Pastor Mark, not only am I going to be the greatest of all time, I'm going to make more money playing video games than you do. Oh, I'm like, all right, this boy got heart. We going there today. I, I share that story because I think so many of us, we just, we don't serve because we want to be great at things that have nothing to do with what God has planned for us. I share that story because I, I think that's a picture of so many of us. We want to be the greatest investor. We want to be the greatest influencer, the greatest athlete. We want to be the greatest real estate agent, the greatest salesman, spokeswoman. We want to be the GOAT at things that don't have eternal value. I think we got to get 
to a, a moment where we're real with ourselves and self-examine ourselves and say, man, that, that is kind of me. Like, I've been focused on all of the wrong things and I, I want this to just speak to somebody in the room. Because we could all say like, man, Pastor Mark, you don't understand. Like, I do want to serve. I do want to be involved. But right now is not the right time. I'm not in the right position. I got to focus on school. I got to focus on education. I got these exams. I got these obligations, these responsibilities. Pastor Mark, you don't understand. I've got things to do. I'm busy. But I wonder this. What if Jesus looked at us and said the same thing? What if he looked at us and said the same thing? I, I think it's kind of ironic. So many of us in this room, we wear these WWJD, what would Jesus bracelets do, but we forget what he's done. He gave his life to serve his church and his people. Don't wear the bracelet if you're not willing to live out the reality. It's a call to roll up your sleeves. It's a call to roll up your sleeves and help serve God's church but we want to be the goat we want to be the greatest I think about Matthew chapter 25 there's a moment where Jesus would be speaking and he's talking about when he's standing at the pearly white gates in the day of judgment when he comes to judge his people he's going to say this well done thy good and faithful servant he doesn't say well done thy good and faithful entrepreneur well done thy good and faithful CEO well done thy good and faithful fill in the blank it's well done thy good and faithful servant Later on in the passage, Matthew 25, verse 31 through 40, we would get to this moment where Jesus, he would also be talking about the final day of judgment. When all of people, all of nations, every single person comes to stand before him, what he's going to have to say to all of the people. It says this, Matthew chapter 25, verse 32, all the nations will be gathered in his presence all the people will be gathered in his presence and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. We all want to be the goat. Verse 24, it says this, then the king will say to the ones on the right, come you who are blessed. Come you who have inherited the kingdom of heaven. Come you who are due for your reward. The Bible says this, Come you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world, for I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. It says this in verse 37. Then the righteous ones, the sheep, they'll say, Father, when did we do these things? Father, when did we do these things? And he says in verse 40, and the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to the one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Friends, don't miss the point. When we see a need and fill it, we're doing it unto God. When we see a need and meet it, we're doing it unto God. Yes, it blesses that person, but most importantly, you are serving God. Most importantly, you are serving God. A little bit about my story is I came here to Grace Family Church. I pretty much grew up here. 
And about 10 years ago, I made a decision to start serving at the Dream Center. I did what so many of us do. We commit to serving and be a part of the church for community service hours because we need them in order to graduate. I was that kid as well. It's okay. Started serving at the Dream Center at our Ebor campus. And as I'm serving at this Dream Center, I was a part of a summer program where uh, inner city kids would come every single day and they would come, this breaks my heart, many of them would come in hopes that they could just get a snack or a meal that would carry them over to the next day. Many of these kids, they would come and just want a connection with somebody because they didn't have mom or dad at home that would engage and even communicate or talk to them. Many of these kids, they, they came because they needed help reading or help with tutoring. They came for all different types of needs. And I remember as I was serving, my heart just kept breaking and, and breaking for these kids and I just wanted to keep being a part of what God was doing in that community. I just wanted to serve. I just wanted to be a part of it at the Dream Center. All the way up until the point, I was getting ready to graduate high school and I was figuring out what college I wanted to go to. I decided to go to Florida International University to play college football. And when I went to FIU, I was blessed enough to go on a full ride scholarship. But when I got there, I just wanted to find a church that offered what Grace Family Church at the Dream Center offered. I got connected to serving in that community in Miami and I just wanted to show up and serve and meet the needs of youth day in, day out, day in, day out, all the way to the point. I started feeling like God was calling me to focus on serving and meeting the needs of his church. And I, I had a hard time dealing with this reality because I'd played football my whole life I thought like, man, God, I'm so close to the next step of making my dream become a reality. God, you have me on a full ride scholarship. How, this is kind of conflicting, God. Like, help me make sense of this. And God started breaking my heart. And he said, son, I will take care of you. Don't chase football for money. I will meet each and every one of your needs. And in that moment, I said, all right, I gotta be obedient to this. I went over to my head football coach. I said, coach, I know this does not make any sense. It doesn't make sense to me. I know this isn't gonna make sense to you. I feel like God, God right now is telling me that I need to step away from football, whether that means my scholarship, whether that means, whatever that means, whether you gotta send me back home, I feel God is calling me to focus on serving and volunteering at his church on a full-time basis. My coach looks at me in the eyes. I'm crying, I'm bawling my eyes out. And he says, Mark, I want you to know one thing. God rewards faithfulness. God blesses faithfulness. And because you came to me, I know you prayed about this. I know you came to me in faith. I don't want you to feel like you ever need to worry about your college education. I'm gonna pay for your college education. You no longer need to play football here at FIU. I want you to focus on serving God's church. I share that because it's not about me. It's about how, how faithful God is. When you commit to putting God first, he will show up and show out in your life. He will exceed your expectations. But I will tell you this, serving will always point you in the direction of your purpose. I'm not saying you need to follow my footsteps and quit your nine to five or stop going to school to serve or be a part of a serve team at the church. But what I am telling you is, God has more for you than nine to five or your education. God has given you a gift, a talent, and an ability to help build his church. I want us to understand that. 
When we serve God's church, it will always point us in the direction to our purpose. Not only that, when we serve and when we commit to serving, it will always point you in the direction of community. I remember when I served at the Dream Center, I met a gentleman by the name of Pastor Ralph Johnson. I share this all the time, but Pastor Ralph Johnson showed me so much in just my short span of serving with him. And today, Pastor Ralph Johnson, not only is he a pastor, he's my mentor, he's my leader, he's a man I look up to, and I just wanna honor him. He's here in the room. Can we just put our hands together for Pastor Ralph? Serving will always point you in the direction of meaningful relationships. Not only that, serving will also change your life. Serving will also change your life. You will find life change, but life change comes with life exchange. I'm gonna explain that. Because what I'm saying when I I talk about life exchange, it's the moment when you get in proximity with someone that comes from a different background, who looks different than you, who has a different social or economic status, who has different values or has different experiences, I believe that will change you from the inside out. We've gotta be willing to get out of our comfort zone and exchange life with other people. Can I tell you the truth? I really believe if we as a church commit to this, I believe that we could probably lead the way and flip the narrative on all of the injustices that we're seeing all across the nation today. But we gotta be willing to roll up our sleeves and get out of our comfort zone and stop being self-centered and self-absorbed. No, God gave you life. If there's breath in your lungs today, it isn't for you. It is to speak life and breathe life and pray for our city. It's bigger than you. But we've gotta be committed to rolling up our sleeves. When we see a need, we must meet the need. Most importantly, when you commit to serving other people, especially those who are different than you, those who don't normal or or don't fit the landscape of your normal relationships, I really do believe you will be able to see how blessed you are. And in turn, you'll understand you are blessed to be a blessing to other people. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than us. And that's why this summer, starting this weekend, June 26th, this Saturday, we're committing to saying, God, we are going to love our city by serving our city. We've got two serve weekends that we're going to focus on, June 26th and July 10th. And if you haven't heard about it, I want to encourage you right now, pull out your phone. You can go to our Instagram. You can look at the link in the bio. I want you to sign up to serve and be a part of one of these initiatives. We got a QR code that will go up on the screen. It's the easiest way to also fill out the form to serve. I want to encourage you. Don't miss out on this opportunity. On Saturday, we've got five initiatives that we're starting off with. Five initiatives that we're starting off with. The first one is this, Habitat for Humanity. And this organization, they do construction and different needs all throughout our community. We'll be hanging fixtures, restoring homes at this site. We'll be cleaning and doing all different things. I wanna encourage you, if you have a heart for that, sign up to serve. The second initiative is this. We have an organization called New Life Warehouse and Exchange Volunteers will be working together to make deliveries to those who are in need. There are so many different needs for so many different people that are connected to this organization. And I'm so glad that we get to partner with them and meet the need of those people. The third is Oasis. It's an organization that provides basic clothing, hygiene items, 
school materials, resources for youth all throughout our city. And we'll be able to uh, collect these items, pray over these items, and also make sure that these kids get them. The fourth one is at our Ebor campus. The motto of the Ebor campus is that we've adopted the block. And there's such a huge need in this area for beautification, for restoration. There's such a huge need for people to just be willing to pray. I know that the enemy thinks he has his way in that area. But we're going to change the narrative of that. We're going to change the narrative of that. The fifth one, I'm very excited. Because like I said, not only do I think that we have a huge need in the city of Tampa Bay, I think all across the nation, there's a huge need. And the fifth serve initiative that we have is partnering with a ministry, an organization called Border Perspective. And the Border Perspective is a ministry that I got to see up close and personal. About two months ago, I actually flew out to the border of Mexico and the U.S. border. And really what's taken place there, this organization is set on meeting the needs of migrants, people that are coming from all across Central America, running from so many different things in their hometown in hopes that they could have a better future for their children and their children's children. These people are running from their their hometowns because their children at the age of eight years old are being recruited to join gangs. Gang members are are forcing young women to join their sex trafficking rings. There's all these different things taking place and I'm so excited that we get get to be a part of this serve initiative. I want to encourage you to, to be a part of this. And, and the thing that we're going to do, this is very special. There's going to be a video at the end of service uh, that will explain it in further detail. But we're going to be collecting donations to put together hygiene packs for this organization. There's a whole bunch of different items. We're going to have a drop-off zone uh, in the lobby. After each and every service for the next three weeks, we will be collecting donations. And even if you, you don't kind of have an opportunity to grab something, I want to encourage you Uh, you can share a monetary donation and we will collect the resources as well. But I'm really, really excited about this because I believe this is a step towards the future for us. I believe this is a step towards seeing the city of Tampa Bay flipped upside down with the message of Jesus. Like I said, there's problems all around us, but God has called us to be a part of the solution. Each and every one of us in this room, God has called you to be a part of the solution. I don't want us to leave this room today saying, well, what does this message have to do with me? You have everything to do with this message. It's your time to roll up your sleeves. It's your time to be committed to doing the hard things. As I close, I want us to get this in our heart. We serve others because he served us. We serve others because he served us. I think about the life of Jesus we see his most intentional act of service. Right before he's preparing to die on the cross and be crucified, he's having a meal with his disciples and the disciples are all talking amongst themselves and they all have these boastful hearts and they start asking Jesus, but Jesus, who's the greatest? Who's the goat? Who's the greatest out of all of us? You have John saying, but I'm the disciple that Jesus loved. Peter's like, bro, I walked on water. Yeah, this moment, they're sitting there, and Jesus, he hears all of this, and I'm sure he's just overwhelmed with emotion and frustration. Chapter 13, he gets up as they're eating and talking and still going back and forth. Jesus, the Bible tells us he bends down, and he begins to wash the disciples' feet. The most humble and sincere act of servitude. 
I know we're probably like, oh, that kind of sounds gross. Like, I want you to, like, this was gross. They didn't have Yeezy slides. They didn't have Birkenstocks back then like we think. <laughs> like, these dudes, they walked hundreds of miles on a weekly basis. Their feet were beat up. It probably looked like they kicked rocks for a living. <laughs> but in this moment, Jesus starts washing the disciples' feet. And I share that because this is a perfect image of what he did for us, how he served us. You see, True greatness serves. You want to be truly great, you serve others. Because in this moment, Jesus was actually showing us what he would do for you and me. He modeled servitude so we can walk in servitude. He modeled servitude so we could be free. Because what he was doing, he was washing the disciples' feet clean, but what he was doing for us was symbolizing what would take place on a cross when he would wash all of our sin away so we could walk in true freedom. That's the good news. That's the gospel. That's the truth that we know, and we need the world to hear it as well. I want to remind us, the easiest way for us to do that is by serving and reflecting the love of Jesus. It's time for us to roll up our sleeves because we were created to serve others. I say this all the time. If serving is beneath you, greatness is beyond you. If serving is beneath you, greatness is beyond you. Let me pray. Father, I just thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you, God, that you came and you served us in the ultimate way by dying on a cross for our sin. And God, we can never repay you. We can never overthink you. But what we can do is faithfully serve you. So God, right now, I pray over each and every one of these serving initiatives. I pray, God, you would use it. I pray, God, you would bless it. I pray, God, that this would be the thing that starts something new in the city of Tampa. I pray for each and every one of us gathered in this room that we would understand there are problems all around us, but you have called each and every one of us to be a part of the solution. Lord, help us to serve you and serve you well. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.